Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas. We're broadcasting from Muncie, New York. We're continuing the Shir in Yoridea, Chelek Aleph, Hilchas Ribis, Halacha Hei, Paragraph Membeis. And we dedicate the learning today, Li'ilu Nishmas, Binyamin Benish Ben Chaim, whose yard site is today on the 17th of Cheshvan, I'm sorry, whose yard site is today on the 16th of Cheshvan, and also Li'ilu Nishmas Oizer, Rebbe Alexander HaKoyen, whose yard site is tomorrow on the 17th of Cheshvan. And also, Lilo Nishmas Rosabas Itamar. We dedicate the learning also for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Rus Alexandra Esther Chaya Bas Luna Patricia, Mazal Bat Zahava, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rochel, Avram David Ben Chana, Sargitl Bas Chanariva, Hindachasa Bas Chana, Gitigenendel Bas Sipoira, Eitanuel ben Edna, Tuvietzi ben Chaya Aliza, Ides bas Miriam Brindel, Yuspendel bas Gitaleya, Sorochel bas Yuspendel, Avivelan bas Yuspendel, Soraleya bas Chavalipa, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Chaim ben Rachel, Boruch Mordechai ben Tali, Besoich Shar Choyli Yisrael. Rav Nosenzal is in the middle of discussing the Kriyas HaToyrah, the Torah portion that we read on Yom Kippur. And he spoke about the topic of the passing away of Not of Anaviyu at length. And now he says, Based on what we've been learning in this halacha, we'll understand why shortly after the Torah speaks about the passing away of Not of Anaviyu, the sons of Aaron HaKoyim, which one of the reasons that's given is that they had drunk wine before going into the Beis HaMikdosh. Afterwards, the Torah speaks about the Parsha of Arayos, all of the forbidden relationships among relatives. Umaschil, and the Torah introduces the topic by saying, Kema'asei Eretz Mitzrayim, Uchema'asei Eretz Kenan, Loisasu, that we, the Jewish people, should not follow the type of actions of the Egyptians or the other nations that inhabited Eretz Yisrael before us. And we should not follow their customs. And we read this portion of the Parsha on Yom Kippur at Mincha time. And in addition, in that same parsha, parsha Sachre Mois, one of the topics that's discussed is the two goats that were prepared on Yom Kippur, and they had to look identical, and one goat was offered as one of the holiest sacrifices of the year, the Soir Lashem, whose blood was sprinkled in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and the second one was the Soer Lazozel, a goat that wasn't offered as any korban inside the Beis HaMikdosh, but rather it was led to a destination, a distance away from the Beis HaMikdosh, a mountain called Azozel, and all the sins 
of the entire Jewish people were transferred onto that goat and it was pushed off a cliff, off a mountain. Because the, the main part that's played in, in eliminating, erasing all of our sins and repairing all of our sins is accomplished through the tzaddik, Shehu Bechinas Koyen Godol, who is similar to the Koyen Godol. We know that what, what made the Koyhanim different from other Jews were that they had more restrictions in the area of Tikkun Abris. A Koyen is not allowed to marry a divorcee or a convert, etc. A Koyen Godol is not even allowed to marry a widow. So they represent a higher standard in Tikkun Abris, just like the Tzaddik is the one who is pure, completely pure in the area of Tikkun Abris. The tzaddik is the one who is on a level who is able to go back to the beginning of creation, the status of the world at the time of the beginning of creation, where it was at that time that the, the sheker was able to to begin to have an attachment, a connection. This is the service of Hashem, of the greatest of tzaddikim. This is what they tried to achieve on Rosh Hashanah, which is the day that Odom Arishan was created. As Rav Nosanzal had discussed this earlier in paragraph Ches of this halacha. And it's from there, from that beginning of creation, that we draw the forgiveness of all of our sins on Yom Kippur. The Koen Godel had to be able to rise up to where the creation began from, where at, at that place, it's impossible to recognize the attachment of Sheker because it's on such a fine, fine level. And that's what's represented by these two goats, which the Torah tells us had to look exactly the same and be the same height. And although they looked identical, the Koyen had to be able to perform a, a goyrol, a lottery, in order to define and determine which goat would be used for a very holy korban and which goat would be sent off and therefore, the Koen Godel had to elevate these two goats to a very high place spiritually, to the beginning of creation, and to place a lottery upon them. Because when one goes back to that place, to the beginning of creation, which is the source from which Sheker originated from, 
over there, it's impossible for a human being to be able to distinguish and differentiate between Sheker and Emes. It's only Hashem. Shehu Bechinas Hagoilo, that's the concept of drawing lots. When a person doesn't know how to determine a certain situation, they say, let's draw lots, we'll put it in Hashem's hands, we'll make a goiro. And the goiro will determine which one is Sorel Hashem and which one is Lazozel. The goiro is what chooses, what selects between these two goats. And through this procedure, we sweeten and eliminate the attachment of Sheker at its source. And this results in achieving a forgiveness for the sins of the Jewish people, the sins which were brought about through Sheker, through the Eitzahorah. Whereby the main attachment of Sheker to the realm of holiness is at the time of the beginning of when creation was being brought from potential to actualization. At that high level, at the beginning of creation, there it's impossible for us to be able to, to recognize and to select that purest, purest level of emes through any other method other than goiro. Goiro means we're putting it in Hashem's hands. Vezehu, and this is also paragraph Mem Gimel, what the Pasuk says there, Kemaasei Eretz Mitzrayim loisasu, u Kemaasei Eretz Kenan loisasu, u Bechukaisem loiselechu. That we, the Jewish nation, are warned not to copy the type of actions of the Egyptians or the, in, in terms of the, the lack of morality between them. And also the nations that inhabited Eretz Canaan, Eretz Yisrael, before us, not to follow their actions, and also not to follow their customs. Chukaisei means their customs. Ki mikol hanal, because to summarize everything we've been learning about till now in this halacha, she'ikar hu emes. The main thing is emes, truth. And the truth is one. Remember, we've mentioned that in the Asera Sadibros, in the Ten Commandments, the first one, I am Hashem who took you out of Egypt. One Hashem, Hashem Echod. The second commandment is, Do not worship idols, plural. So the distinction between faith in Hashem versus idol worship is the distinction between one versus multiple. Because the, the, regarding truth, when you want to tell the truth about something, 
you can only define it as one as one item, what it really is. If you want to lie about it, if I want to tell the truth about this cup that I'm holding in my hand, the truth is it's a cup. If I want to say a lie about it, I can call it a hundred different things. As, as we discussed earlier in this halacha, and as it's explained very clearly in the chapter on Likud Imran, that this halacha is based on chapter 51. However, the ultimate truth, the essence of truth, is something that's very difficult for a human being to achieve. And therefore, the most important truth for the majority of the world is to recognize that we cannot understand and we cannot conceive the essence of truth. But rather, we have to fortify ourselves with emuna, with faith, which is also dependent on truth. We say in Shachris, between Kriyashma and Shmonesrei, that it's this combination of truth and faith that, that should be inseparable. Because without emes, faith is in that which I don't see and in that, with that which I don't understand. Without emes, you can say you believe in Hashem and somebody else can say he believes in a tree, he believes in some, whatever he wants. Because since faith is regarding something that you cannot understand, you have to believe without understanding, who's to say that your faith is any more real than, than somebody else's? Meaning that it's based on a certain level of honesty and truth that a person realizes that we cannot understand the Creator, Hashem. We cannot understand everything that goes on in the world. But rather, we have to fortify ourselves with emuna, faith. The Kamur Mizebi Mokamachra, as Rabbein Zal speaks about this in other places. However, a person who isn't really honest, but rather the person's fooling themselves as if what they really, what they want is the real truth. But their real purpose of life, their real mission is personal benefit. For example, the person's interested in being respected, in being accepted by people, and other materialistic desires. A person like that who's fooling themselves, they say, no, no, I want the truth. I want the real truth. I'm a, I'm a seeker of truth. But in reality, they're not really seeking the truth. They're seeking kavod. They want personal kavod and that kind of, and, or other personal taivos. Rav Nosanzal says that person can end up being very, very mistaken and fooling themselves by their supposed truth. 
This is like the mistake which we discussed in a previous year regarding Avimelech when he took Sarah, Avram Avinu's wife, when he said, I did this with wholeheartedness and with pure hands. I'm totally innocent. And as we discussed earlier, and, and he was not totally innocent to be king in such a country and, and, and where the moment a person comes into the country, the first thing he wants to know is, who's that lady? Is that, you know, you know, that was his interest, his own personal, satisfying his personal taivas. Not only can a person like that end up making mistakes based on his emes and to go off into all kinds of paths that are not the path of truth, that person could also enter into false beliefs, false religions, and false faiths through their impure emes. This explains all of the false beliefs of the other nations. Some of those people are very firm in their faith of their different religions. And even though supposedly they have pure faith, etc., it's all false and fake. Because their entire faith is associated with all kinds of materialistic desires and kavod, personal kavod. Meaning that the faiths that they've chosen and arrived at are not based on self-purification of any sort, but rather it's people who want to live a gashmi life, a materialistic life, and at the same time they want to consider themselves thinkers and people who are really honest and genuine and therefore the faiths that they've chosen to believe in are, are the right faiths according to them. And this scenario exists in every single generation. And this is very, very clear to those who are knowledgeable in history, in history books, in what took place in generations, as is documented in, in books. And this explains why in the pagan religions in earlier times, there were many types of idols that they worshipped, and the idol worship went together with adultery, incest, all kinds of pegama bris. And those idols were very serious to them. They worshipped those idols in extreme ways. And even generations later, when these non-Jewish nations got smarter 
and they left those pagan religions of the earlier generations. They got rid of those earlier idols. The, the other false beliefs, which are also associated with materialistic desires and kovoid, are very powerful. Their faiths are very powerful. But what it's all really based on is taiva, materialistic desires, and kovoid. They discover that the church is the wealthiest, you know, organization of all the different financial institutions. And they discover that, unfortunately, many people who are supposedly, you know, very religious and, and unfortunately in the area of Tikkun were were lower than many of their constituents. This is what allowed them and caused them to deviate from the real truth, and, and it should seem to them as if their religion is the true religion, their faith is the true faith, to the point where this led them to all kinds of false faiths. I see a question in the chat, just a moment. If a goyrol means placing the decision in Hashem's hands, why does it require the special ability of the Kohen Gadol to perform this goyrol? It's anyway Hashem who decides. Because as we're explaining here, that when an action is being performed, depending on who's performing it, depending on the level of purity of the one performing it, that will play a major role in the effectiveness of that action. Even the goyrol, even the goyrol. This wasn't the, the exact manner, the, the halachic way that this had to be performed. And again, the kedusha, the holiness that it had to be performed with in order that Hashem should intercede and make sure that the goyrol comes out the right way. And a person who deviates from the real truth and falls into false beliefs, it's very difficult to get that person to leave their false beliefs and, and to join the true faith. Because truth, emes, is associated with das, a certain level of intellect. Whereby a person achieves and understands the truth about something. Let's say in mathematics, you're working with a mathematical calculation. A person who's not smart enough tries to make the calculation and they come up with the wrong answers or they can't figure it out. It requires a certain level of intellect to come to the truth, to achieve the truth in anything. For example, you have different people trying to understand how the sun and the moon and all the stars and all the galaxies operate. And you get a person who thinks they understand how it works. Or a person who thinks they've been able to determine 
which person is a tzaddik and which person is a rasha. They're voting here in New York yesterday. They had, they voted, and in the United States, they voted for the governors in the country. And you see all the different candidates competing and each one presenting themselves as if they are the MS. The other one is Sheker. And regarding this also, these things also, there are major, there are many mistakes. As we see in actual life. There are many, many scientists and intellectuals who studied carefully the stars and the moon and the galaxies and everything, and they came to a conclusion that they knew the truth about how these things operate. And then, generations later, the scientists called Copernicus came up, and he gave a whole brand new explanation that differed completely from what earlier scientists had come up with. And now all the scientists believe that Copernicus came up with the right uh, understanding of how these things operate. And Rav Mosesal says, who knows if his explanation is really accurate? And there are many scientists that disagree with him. Especially us, the, the Jewish religious world, where our opinion is very, very different from his mistaken understanding. And Ramosanach says, so too at times it seems to a person that they know, they know who is the tzaddik and who's the rosho. And in reality, it's just the opposite. They end up finding out later that, wow, was I wrong. I thought that this person was the real tzaddik and that one was the Russia, and I find out that it's, it's the exact opposite. Now Rav Nosenthal adds a point. So we said that when a person believes in something, it's very hard sometimes to convince them otherwise. However, if the person's mistake is based on a certain truth, Although it's very difficult to get that person to leave their false beliefs and to join the true faith, still there is hope at some point to be able to get that person to do tshuva, to come and recognize the, the, the real truth. Because sometimes it's possible to clarify to the person and to, to prove to them that, what, that their opinion is not the true opinion. However, this requires major effort. Rav Nosenzal here is obviously also alluding to his own personal search, his own search for the truth, where Rav Nosenzal, during his earlier years of his life, 
was brought up to be major anti-Hasidus, and that Hasidus is wrong, it's bad, it's terrible. And then Rav Nosenzal, during one winter, had a Chavrusa, and they learned together, and they debated this for hours and hours. And Rav Nosenzal writes that he, Rav Nosenzal was very strong in his opinions, based on what he had been taught by his parents, and especially by his father-in-law, who was a great tzaddik. But in the end, eventually, Rav Nosenzal says, I came to the conclusion that my chavrusa was right, and that the greatest tzaddikim in Klal Yisrael are among the leaders of the Olam HaChasidus at that time. However, a person who, as a result of their lack of confused emes, they have become solidly entrenched in false beliefs, completely false beliefs, idol worship, things like that. It's much more difficult to get that person to return to the truth and the true faith. So now, again, the first category that Rav Nosanza was speaking about when he started saying that, that a person who is mistaken, as a result, he's, he's honest, but even he's not a liar and he's not false. He's not searching for personal kavod and he's not into the taivas of this world. But based on his truth, he's, he's making a mistake. Based on what he perceives to be true, he's making a mistake. Rav Nosanzal said, even though it's difficult to get that person to come to the re- real truth, but there's hope for that person because you can prove it to them, you can show it to them, etc., explain it to them, etc., Whereas a person who has deviated to the point where they have gotten involved in emunos kuzvios, that's much harder to, to, to straighten out. Ki emuna hudavar she'en tam vadas. Because faith, a person who has joined other faiths, these people sometimes who get into these cults or other things where they join a, 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 a through faith, they join a, another group, Faith is something that doesn't have to have rhyme or reason. It doesn't have to be rationalized. It doesn't have to be able to be proven. <clears throat> because where a person understands something completely, there the term faith doesn't apply. As Rabbi Nezal discusses this in chapter 62 in the Kutimran, faith is only, the term faith applies where you don't understand, where you cannot understand. Whereas emuna, the real emuna, is dependent on truth, honesty. Whereby, based on a person's level of honesty, they come to a realization that even though I don't understand the Torah completely, even though I don't understand Hashem completely, I have to believe. And therefore, when a person's definition of truth 
is completely messed up and mistaken. And a person has gone so far off to the point where they've taken on false beliefs, false faiths. They believe in things that are false. It's very difficult to get such a person to return to the true faith. Because unfortunately, in many cases like that, even if you'll clarify and prove to the person that, that they're wrong, the person will come back and say, I'm not interested in rational proofs. I'm not interested in logic. I believe in this. I believe in Buddhism. I believe in whatever religion that they've taken on. Because this is the definition of faith in, in all honesty. That faith requires a leap of faith going, going above rationale. And it's for this reason that it's very, very difficult to clarify the truth to the world. Because there are many people who, through different reasons, have come to take on false faiths, false beliefs, and they're strong in their faiths. And it's very, very hard to, to get them to think otherwise. And this is why the emes has, is thrown to the ground. The real emes is not accepted by all. It's not highly respected in this world. And the, the, the emes has become groups and groups, many different groups, supposedly projecting that we are the real, we are the real ones, we're the, the true ones. Any questions? Awesome. So it's it's an interesting thing here that that Imuna can having this meter of being a vital one's das to not knowing and higher thinking can get one ensnared in places where it's almost impossible to come back. On the other hand, that same thing is very, very holy when directed in the right place. Correct. Correct. It's a very delicate point where I'm going to place my emuna, that kind of thing. Lahavdil, a person's placing, a person wants to invest money and they have a whole array of places that look similar, you know. And, and how am I going to choose which one is going to be a good investment, which is going to be the best investment, and which one looks good, but people end up losing all kinds of money because it looked like a great investment and somebody else made a lot of money on it and this person invests and they end up the, the opposite result. Chatz v'shalom. I see a question in the chat. Just a moment. I don't, uh, I don't quite understand why it's necessary to say that the truth is one. For example, he can say about someone that he's a religious Jew, he's a man, he's a teacher, he's a husband, a father of three children. That that's not that's not what we're saying here. That there could be a variety of descriptions of something. It's it's 
cold, it's hot, it's strong, it's weak. That's not the point. But he's saying in defining an object, in defining what an object is and what it's not, again, on a certain simple level, I can call this object I'm holding in my hand a cup. And that's telling the truth about it. If I want to say, speak an untruth, I could say it's a chair, it's a table, it's a man, it's a cat, it's a... And again, we have this example that the Torah gives us, that the true faith is defined as Hashem Echod, one. Whereas the Sheker is defined as multiple. There are Psukim that, that Rav Nosen Zal quoted earlier, Bikshu Cheshboinois Rabim, that when the Torah speaks about Sheker, it refers to people who are seeking many, that kind of thing. Now Rav Nosen Zal continues, paragraph Mem Dalid, Ki be'emes, b'kdusha, b'mokim sheyesh nekudas ho'emes ha'borur v'hazach, shom humayla gedoyla inyin zeh, hainu b'china semuna. Rav Nosenzal explains now, he's discussing the answer to the question that was just raised. Rav Nosenzal says the truth is, within the framework of holiness, where there is this purest, purest level of emes, there, it's a major benefit, a person who can achieve this level called emuna, this concept of blind faith, the ability to be able to accept things sometimes without understanding it. And this is the great praise that's said about the Jewish people, Shehem ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim. We are a nation of faith, and we are descendants of the faithful, the, our forefathers, who displayed faith. Vehem in Bashem, it says by Avram Avinu. Ki onu ma'aminim b'Hashem alikim emes, u'b'toyrosoi ha'kdoisha be'emuna levad, b'lishum chakirois v'chochmois klal. Because we believe in Hashem, the, 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 the true Hashem, and in His holy Torah, with pure faith, without certain types of analysis and rationalization. Because of, we've already seen incredible truth in the display of miracles that Moshe Rabbeinu performed before the Jewish people. And we've also seen miraculous things in our Torah, in this, this, this sweet Torah that Hashem has given us. We've seen, like the, the, the Reb Chaim Vital writes in the introduction to the writings of Yarizal, that any person who will study these teachings honestly will realize that this is not something that a person came to reveal through human intellect whatsoever, that this could only be divine wisdom. And even though, despite the miracles, despite everything, we cannot understand Hashem, there are still many questions that we have and many unresolved things and we cannot answer 
any of the questions that the philosophers ask, regarding this, we're very strong in our faith. We believe in Hashem, even though I don't have the answers to those questions. I don't have to answer those questions at all. Because some of those questions cannot be answered now in this world. As the Pasuk says in the Haftorah that we read on fast days, that just as high up as heaven is from earth, so too are the paths of Hashem so different from our paths. Hashem's thinking is so far removed from our thinking. So we don't expect to be able to understand Hashem. And as Rabbi Nezal said, that it's it's only it's only it's only true and and it only makes sense it only makes complete sense that we should have questions about hashem that there should be things that we don't understand hashem because of the fact that hashem is so so far above us as is explained in chapter 55 in the second half of Likute Moran. Whereas a person who is not to the real, true, pure faith, and the person falls into completely false beliefs, then the damage that's caused by those false beliefs, believing in things that are false and fake, that's worse than anything. Because then it's more difficult, much more difficult to get that person to leave these false beliefs and come and join the true faith. Once this person believes in this sheker, and again, belief means, I don't care if it doesn't make sense. I don't care if you show me proofs that what I'm doing is wrong. Meaning, we're talking about a mistaken truth that's, that's without any, any rhyme or reason, with, that is not being based on, on any rationale. And now Rav Nusenzal goes back and clarifies something he touched on earlier. And this is related to what the Torah tells us in the beginning of Bereshis, when Hashem created man, and then Hashem decided to create something opposite man, a, a, a helper opposite him, meaning the woman, Chava. And the Torah says, Hashem said, I'm going to provide Ezer Kenegdoi, an assistant, a helper, opposite him. And the Gemara says, if the man is Zoyche, his wife helps him. If he's not Zoyche, if he's not privileged, she opposes him. Rav Nusenzal says, I touched on this earlier in paragraph Chafbeiz, Achloi Biyarnu Shon Heitev. However, I didn't really explain it clearly how that relates to our discussion, the concept of man and woman. We already did mention there earlier 
שאמס ואמונה הם בחינת איש ואישה, ואת truth and faith correspond to men and women. As Rabbi Nezal touches on this in chapter 7 in Likud Imran and in other places. Ve'alzen, that men are naturally stronger in intellect and women are naturally stronger when it comes to faith. And again, this is not to say that every man is more intelligent than every woman or vice versa. This is a certain natural state. And Hashem said about this, Hashem said, I see that it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to provide an assistant, a matching piece to him. Rav Zal explains, This teaches us that it's not good for a person to rely on only on emes, only on truth that's based on intellect. What I understand, I accept. What I can't understand, I don't accept. Because in this world, we cannot possibly understand the essence of truth, meaning Hashem, and things that are on that, that type of level. And therefore Hashem said, I'm going to provide an assistant for the emes. Which is emuna, faith. Where the main existence and success of emes, of rationale, is dependent on faith. It requires the combination of both. And so, too, the main existence and success of faith is dependent on truth. person has to first arrive at truth to be able to choose what to believe in and what not to believe in. A person who really, really is honest, completely honest, and really wants the pure truth, and they don't—they have no interest at all in materialistic things, in any personal type, in satisfying any personal needs of kavod or other types of personal needs, other taivos. Such a person will be able to realize and understand, even from the distance, who to believe in and who not to believe in, and what to believe in and what not to believe in. A person who is, again, pure, pure, and removed from the grasp of all the sheker of this world, all the taivas roys and midas roys of this world. This is what the Gemara means when the Gemara says, Zacha. The word zocha means privileged. But Rav Zal says, if a person is privileged, then the azer is a helper to him. If he's not privileged, the azer works against him. Rav Zal says now, The word zach means pure, completely pure. So what the Torah is telling us is, a person whose truth 
is completely pure, meaning this person, when examining the truth, when trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong, what's true, what's not true, they're looking at it with complete honesty, with no ulterior motives. The person is looking only for the ultimate good, the ultimate truth. The person doesn't fool themselves in any way. For such a person, their faith can work to help them, to support them. Because the main existence of the world and the main source of life for the world is faith. As the Gemara says, towards the end of Mesech HaMakos, the Navi Chavakuk came along and he showed how the entire Torah, all the principles of the Torah, are based on one foundation, which is that a tzaddik lives with faith. Because the essence of truth cannot be understood in this world through intellect, through rationale. But rather we have to fortify ourselves with faith, a faith that's based on honesty, real, sincere, pure honesty. But a person who is not a zoiche, meaning a person whose honesty is not real honesty. They're not so pure in their honesty. The person is really fooling themselves as if they want the truth. <clears throat> <clears throat> but in truth, this person follows the desire, their, the materialistic desires of the world. That's what they're really into more. And, and they're looking for, for respect and acknowledgement in this world. They're, they're not looking for what's, what's the, the real truth. They're looking for ec- what's most accepted, what people want to hear, what people want to see. And that's what they're projecting. That's what they're portraying. For such a person, their faith will work against them. Because as a result of, of a truth, an honesty that's not pure, he's not so honest. That person will come to completely false beliefs to believe in false religions and to believe in people that are false, which is referred to as kenegdoi. That's the opposition. Because these false faiths are what's referred to in Mishle and in Kohelis and other places as the evil woman, which the Torah says is bitterer than death. Because this causes the person to go into, to sink into mistakes, worse and worse mistakes. Because 
you can't talk to the person anymore. Because the person says, I believe. I believe that this is the truth. I don't care what proofs you're going to show me otherwise. Whereas in reality, in reality, all of all of or his whole idea, his whole belief is based on and, and being affected. The person, the person is looking for what's respected. And kavoid can mean either respect or money. And, and, you know, those are both go under the title of kavoid. Any questions, please? Russell, please, just to clarify that last piece, the connectoid in the in the context of false immunas will work against him and he'll be entrenched and lost even more. But the connectoid in, in with respect to um holy correct immuna, then how we understand in the connectoid will work for him? We don't. When it, exactly when it comes to the in, in the real in the real MS, the emuna connector is emuna. The Acer is MS, Acer is the is is MS and emun and the uh, connector is the emuna in this context. In other words, I'm, I'm sorry. In other words, the the Acer is the woman. The woman represents emuna. The true emuna is an azer. True emuna is a tremendous benefit to the person. And a person cannot be religious with MS alone. Because MS means something that's completely clear. Clear. And, and, and our connection to Hashem is not completely clear. There are things we can't understand, we cannot explain, we cannot rationalize. So we need this combination of MS and emuna. We need a wife. We need this, you know. But but when a person's MS is impure, when they're lying to that, they're, they they're making believe that they're interested in MS, but they have other interests which are much more important to them, which are kavod and tivas avolam haza. That person, if they take on emuna, if they combine their MS with emuna, then their emuna misleads them even more. That's what locks them in. That's what makes it impossible to get them out of their false MS. Because what do you, what do you mean? I believe. I, you, you, you gave me a proof that it's not true. I don't care. I don't accept proofs. Okay, but most of all, still going to explain a little bit further. Maybe let's quickly try to do the next paragraph because this is just clar- closing this topic. Paragraph Memhei. And this is why the Pasuk warns, It mentions two categories. The word choik refers to those items which cannot be rationalized. A choik is, in this context, is a false type of faith or belief which has no rational explanation to it. Be careful to stay far away from the chukais of the goyim. And that's dependent on you being careful not to follow the behavior, the actions 
of the Mitzrayim and the people of Canaan. Don't follow their materialistic desires, their Gashmi form of life. Of which the main element in it is this desire for this sinful desire for women and men. It wasn't bad enough that these people were steeped in adultery and incest and immorality. But rather they developed religions which were depend which were tied into this, which were tied into immorality and immoral behavior. And that, by attaching religion to it, that's what made it even stronger. That's what made the immorality even stronger. To the point where it allowed them to fulfill their desires, their sinful desires, and not to have to be embarrassed or ashamed for doing it. It was in the context of religion. But we, we see the crusaders, all of these people, when they when they went on their religious journey, they were busy pillaging, you know, raping women and everything. I thought this was a, a crusade. This was a religious thing. That's your that's religion. And the answer is that's what it was really all about. The Pasuk is warning us, the Jewish people, that we shouldn't make this kind of mistake of thinking that a person can lead a life of sin and, and make the right choices regarding religion. The person can be able to recognize what's true and what's not true. Because Rav Nosanzal says that these two are dependent on each other. Based on the degree that a person does not behave like the Egyptians did, no immorality, no sin. That will guide the person and direct the person to be far from their customs and from their false beliefs. And so true the opposite. The more that a person distances themselves from these pagan religions and these false beliefs, that will help the person to, to avoid falling into their kind of desires. And that's why the Torah forbids us to follow their customs customs that are not rational customs, meaning their, their, their customs and their ways, the way they dress, their styles and things like that. Even if there's no actual idol worship related to it or anything, we're, we're breaking one of the 613 mitzvahs. The, the fact that the goyim wear a certain hairstyle, a certain type of dress, whatever it is, we're told we're not allowed to follow their ways. Since the, these non these non-believers, these people who believe in these other religions, they don't believe in Hashem, since they have defined this as the style, 
this is the style. This is what people should be wearing. This is how people should, should talk. It is definitely related to their desires. Because their customs and their styles and ways are related to their false beliefs. And therefore the Torah says it's completely forbidden for us to follow their ways, their customs, even though it doesn't seem to be directly against anything in the Torah. We'll hold it over here for now, even though we're in the middle of a paragraph. But in the next part of this paragraph, Rav Nosenzal is going to address, till now he spoke about the chukim. In the next part, he's going to explain what mishpotim, and, and again, the difference between mishpot and choik. Any questions before we close? The next Likutei Aloha Shir in Yitzhashem will be Monday morning. Yitzhashem. Very important question. Does, when we say that the Emes is one, does it also mean that there's only one true way in Avodah Hashem? Rav Nassim himself, right, Rav Nassim writes about himself that he realized that the Emes is with the Hasidim. This is very hard to understand and accept because people are naturally inclined to think that different people need different kinds of Avodah Hashem. <clears throat> the answer is this point needs clarification, that it's true that different people need, let's say one person, their, their mission statement in this world is to devote themselves completely to learning Torah. Another person, if they try to make that their mission, they can lose their mind, Rahman al-Islam. Rabbein Nassar write in another place, because they're not, they are not qualified and cap capable whatsoever of doing that. They have a different, they have a different path that they, they have to work and, and learn, you know, and, and, and many different varieties. <clears throat> Among the students of the Baal Shem Tov, we're told that they were very different from each other, one of them davened long, a long davening. The other one, a shorter davening. One focused on Stucker. One, his mission statement was raising money for Pigyan Shvuyim. And another one devoted himself totally to Torah and Tefillah. All mm -hmm. kinds. There are differences, and there are different Shoresh Neshamais. For example, one particular Jew, their soul is connected to a particular tzaddik, and another person's soul is connected to a different tzaddik. Rav Nosenzal is telling us, despite those diversities, despite those diversities, there is Hashem Echod, Hashem is one, and the Torah is one on a certain level. For a person to say, for example, that, that, uh, that it's okay for me to that the Torah defines certain times when a person is permitted to daven and certain times when it's no longer permitted to say that tefillah. For a person to say that these people who are davening and it's not, the, the, it's, they're davening, they're breaking the law in the Torah, where they're davening at a time that's clearly defined as out of bounds. And to say that that's another version of emes, that's a mistake. That's where I'm not saying the emes is one. There are people who try to redefine halacha completely or redefine religion completely. And, and there, the statement is, 
that, that there are no two paths. There's one path. Within that one path, there's diversity. There's all, people are not identical. People don't think, ex- and they're not required to be exactly the same. But it's within a certain, certain boundaries. There's a lot more to say about this and a lot more we're going to learn about this as we go on. It's a shame. We'll hold it over here for now.